Jackbox Talk, and this is Horse Stories with a Purpose. Who are we? We are equine educators, but we are owners. We are judges. We are competitors. We are coaches. We are volunteers. We are moms. We are horse owners just like you, and we want to share our horse stories with a purpose. Welcome to Extension Horse's Tack Box Talk Series, Horse Stories with a Purpose. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Heine from Oklahoma State University, and with me today is Dr. Betsy Green from the University of Arizona. Hello. And Dr. Ann Pearson, a veterinarian in Arizona. Hello. So I, I'm fortunate to actually spend a little time here in the beautiful state of Arizona and driving around, I've definitely noticed life is a bit different here in Arizona than it is in Oklahoma. So what we're going to be talking about today is actually riding in this desert environment. So uh, Ian, you have a horse, Arthur, who is three years old. So yes. he hasn't done a lot of desert riding yet. No, not yet. So... From my guess, looking around here, there's a lot of pokey things here in Arizona. Do you have to deal with that if you're riding in the desert? Oh, you sure do. And the idea is to get your horse accustomed to some of these pokey and spiny things that are out there. My guess is you don't want to go around and poke him though, right? No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I start first of all by making sure he has a very good disposition for staying on the trail and not being spooky with other things that might push him into cactus. Yeah, so I would guess if a horse really overreacted to something here and leaped to the side, that may not end well for for the horse or you, correct? No. So really spend some time in an arena, I guess, before you head out on the trails. That's right. And let them discover different situations that they might see out there on the trail, but in a safe environment, such as the arena or in the neighborhood. So it sounds like you have to do quite a bit of desensitization with the horse to make sure he's pretty steady eddy before you head out to, is it officially called desert here? Yes, it, it is. It's called the desert. <laughs> <laughs> and I know looking around the landscape uh, is, is really different. You know, I was kind of kidding that there's a lot of pokey things, but seriously, there's a lot of cacti and yes. different types of cacti. So what do you have to be worried about? So one of the things that we do a lot is we, especially on our side of town, we can actually ride the roads. There's a lot of dirt roads and that's a good way to start getting some of the out and about training with the horse without putting them in a situation where the the oops becomes a oh no <laughs> and so just riding on the roads and watching out for cacti going through more wide cut established trails than the back off-roading part is one so way. So you guys do you have a lot of designated equestrian trails then in the desert? Well, we have the Saguaro National Park. It's That's, very close. Yeah. And so you can actually just go trailer up to the end of Broadway and unload and ride for hours. Yeah, they are designated horse trails. Oh, good. Good. So it's not like you're busting a trail back in the days. Oh, no. <laughs> no. You wouldn't recommend that, is, is <laughs> no. my guess. No. You don't want to find surprises, whether it's cactus or 
rattlesnakes? Or... Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about that. So I, this, this cactus looks scary enough for me um, with how many pokey spiny things are out there. But in the desert, we also, you've got to be worried about snakes, right? Yes. So how do you, how on earth do you train a horse to deal with snakes? <laughs> well, you don't, you don't necessarily train them as much as you try to be aware. And if you hear a rattle, don't go looking for no, it. Don't look for it. I, be still to start with and then plan your mode of escape backwards. So is it more training the people to not freak out and panic? Who, well, I'm going to ask, who panics more when they hear that sound? Is it the person or is it the horse? I know I tend to panic because I know what it is. A lot of the horses would probably be more curious and that's where horses get injured. So they're going to go look to see what's They happening? do look and oftentimes horses get bitten on their noses. Oh. <laughs> oh, this doesn't sound fun. So, okay, I'm on the trail in the desert. I hear a rattle. There's cactus everywhere around me. So am I just hoping I can turn around or how far do I have to back up? What do I have to do? Well, first you have to figure out where it's coming from. Where it's it coming from. It could be from. off to your side. And so if it's off to your side, then you could continue on. To go cause, forward. Because they don't really okay. want to be bothered. No, they don't. Okay. So it's a heating that says, I'm here and watch out. <laughs> so we have snakes and, and cacti. So if the horse jumps off the path, they get cacti. It's, it's hot here too. So do we have to prepare our horses for the heat as well? Yes, they do need to be well hydrated before they go on the trail. A, a good thing to suggest would be to train your horse to be able to drink something that has like molasses or electrolytes. So you train the horse to take a drink before you leave the house? Well, we want them to be well hydrated, but we want them to be able to know if they have a different water source and we put something in it. Because a lot of times horses will not drink water from a strange place. Okay, so yeah. you're just talking about keeping them so, so that they drink whatever water is there. You yes. don't like teach them, hey, we're gonna go for a trail ride, drink this bucket of water. Well, you start with the hydration factor mm -hmm. anyway, because they will get dehydrated if they're not uh, drinking ahead of time. But then when you get to that slight running stream or something, you don't want them to balk and say, ooh, it smells weird. Mm -hmm. So if you get them used to it, even if you had to have like a collapsible bucket and a little medicine container worth of uh, molasses, molasses or, or something like that, then you could actually get some water, put that in there. If they're used to drinking it, they might go ahead and drink it on the trail. So Betsy, is that something that you've done with Booker? That's your horse that you've been trail riding here in Arizona? I've been, I've been trail riding Booker, big giant yellow horse, but he hasn't had any problems with that. But when I first got out here to Arizona, I tell you what, we'd go out riding, nothing strenuous, just walking through the desert. But because I wasn't used to the heat and perhaps most likely somewhat dehydrated anyway, or not hydrated, then I'd be riding along and it's like, gosh, things are kind of swimming in front of my eyes. And so I was actually not used to the heat. And there was a time or two that I actually had to get off and friend came, led the horse back and I caught a ride back because I wasn't used to the heat. So riders can have bigger issues too. So how hot does it get here? I mean, do you, is there seasons that are horse riding seasons and ones that aren't? How do you manage that with? Winter and fall are generally really good times to ride. We can start to have 
very high temperatures even mid-spring. And then during June, July, and August, it's very hot. We tend to go earlier in the morning or late at, or late at night as long as it's daylight. Yeah, there's been many times that we've been riding Booker and my, my friends have been riding back home as the sun sets. And I'm glad they know that they grew up here another way around. And I'm sure Booker would take me home, but I'm looking going, where's that turn off? Wow. So what does the, is there a kind of a time limit or something that you suggest for trail rides in the heat? Your horse has to be acclimated and you would practice ahead of time and gradually increase that amount. If a horse is just new to the area or if you're new to the area, like Betsy was just saying, you do need to become acclimated and increase the time gradually. Well, and it also depends because if you're riding on the roads, they're hard packed dirt roads and that's fine. But a lot of our desert riding is riding through washes. And so those are river beds that do not have water in them most of the time. And that's deep sand. And so that can actually tire a horse out a lot faster, just even walking through that. What do you think about walking in deep sand on the beach? How exhausting that can be are those runners that run on the beach. Horses getting used to that at, you know, is really important because you don't want, besides the exhaustion or the dehydration, tendons and other injuries from overuse because they're not used to that or that's or true. Up to it. So they're used to riding in an arena and then you head out into the deep mm -hmm. sand. And it's much more strenuous. Forward. Gotcha. Do you have to do any special shoeing for riding in the desert? Well, oftentimes people have actual shoes on their horses. And then when they don't, there are different types of boots they can wear. And we do suggest that a boot is brought with them, a slip-on boot in case they would lose, the horse would lose a shoe on the trail to protect their foot. Okay. But yeah. do they have to be shod? Well, a lot of the trails, especially up through the uh, National Park and things, have, there are some rock ledges and a lot of, uh, pretty harsh for a barefoot mm -hmm. horse. Now, if that horse is used to it, and rides all the time barefoot and the feet are tough, that's fine. But most of the horses will have four shoes all the way around. When we think about the, the desert, I guess I'm thinking low here all the time, but there actually can be some mountainous parts. Is that true where people generally ride here? That's true. At the edge of our desert, we, we are surrounded by mountain ranges and the trails do go up into the mountains from the desert, such as in the National Monument. So what kind of altitude change would we be expecting there? Uh, it could be several thousand feet. Yeah, yeah, it can be several thousand. But also on some of those trails, those bitey, sticky, pokey things that you're talking about, there's not as much forgiveness because often it's just a narrow trail that winds up and around. And so turning around is not always an option. So you might kind of choose your horse wisely if you're going to endeavor to do this. So I know I have a... a a former rainer that was, I always call him, he's an arena horse, so he, he likes to go in predictable places in a defined arena, and I took him out to the panhandle of Oklahoma, which is not the same thing as Arizona, so we had minor pokey things, not what I see here, but yeah, he did uh, get a little upset sometimes and get off the path, and I had to, when we were done, had some pliers that we were pulling some cactus spines out of him. So is that something you have to be prepared for? Well, yeah, if you have, you should have a saddlebag on the back or front, whichever, pommel. With your bag. pliers. Pliers, a big tooth comb to help. To pull the choya cactus so out. I showed you some choya. Wait, 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 a cactus that you need a 
home to well, pull out. Well, if you went to grab it, it would you, stick you. It would stick you a lot worse. So you have like just a, a main comb or something like that that you can just comb it off of him and not have you touch it. So do you have to wear leather gloves when you're out in the desert all the time? Or is it, I mean, is that helpful or do they go right through that? It would probably go right through it. Yeah, they're, they're pretty sticky. And it's called jumping choya for a reason. So it attacks? It does. It looks like it jumps almost right on top of you. Have you seen it attack before? <laughs> I've had yes. some. <laughs> yes. Has it gotten you? Oh, yeah. When you're walking through a narrow path and there's some overhanging and just kind of brush it and it's like... It's like, almost like it's magnetic. Yeah. That sounds horrifying. And then you're trying to flick it off without getting stabbed more. So is it, so I'm gonna have to. Is this fun to go riding in the desert? I don't oh, know. I've really seen a lot is. of downsides to this. It really is. It's very pretty. It's beautiful. And the weather's wonderful. You know, sometimes dangerous things are beautiful. That's true. <laughs> but actually, though, if you have, if you're prepared, your horse is prepared, and you're using good common sense and going on well-known trails and things like that and make sure you let somebody know when you left when you plan on oh, coming back advice. where you're headed because if you do get dehydrated and go clunk you know then you definitely want somebody to know even where to start looking because there are so many trails that you could be going on and something we mentioned before it would be a good idea to have some type of identification on your horse and on your person Okay. In case you would fall off. In case you got separated and one of you were stuck in the cacti. Yeah, and, That's and right. just a hint, the horse can't dial the cell phone. So keep the cell phone on your body, not in a little cute oh, little leather gotcha. thing on your... In your saddlebag. Yeah. Because it could go galloping away. Yeah. Good advice. So, all right, now it's story time. What is your guys' worst desert horse story? I want to hear how bad it can get. She's been here longer, you go. Well, when I first moved here, I had an appendix quarter horse that is a dressage horse. We decided to take a stroll through the neighborhood and make a shortcut to someone's house. And he got covered with choya cactus. He was so scared. It was all over. I was frightened, I had just moved here. And I learned from my, my neighbor who was with me with her horse to have a large comb. That was the big takeaway tip. That, <laughs> that you have is, to the, get and you have to stay calm because your horse is going to be so worried and so scared. Because they hurt, I assume. It right? does really oh. hurt. Oh yeah, <laughs> really hurts. So do yeah. they do they end up learning to avoid those in the future? No, <laughs> I don't think so. No, I don't think so. So what I was saying: know your horse, know your know your horse's predictability and personality. You want a very calm horse out gotcha. there. It's a little different requirements for a trail horse here in Arizona. Yeah. Well, and I just not that long ago when three of us were just out riding the roads just to kind of get out because we're in a rainy season. It can actually be pretty muddy around here and slick. And we turned a corner of a regular road we've ridden all the time. And then apparently there were some Africanized bees. No, no, wait. You're kidding me. So you have killer bees too? Yeah. <laughs> well, I said bitey, sticky, stingy things. <laughs> Nobody told me about the killer bees. <laughs> and, and I was in the lead and, and my friend Wendy was there and then Beth was riding, you know, bringing up the rear. And, you know, I felt something hit me 
and then Wendy did as well and saw some and said, Beth, I think there's bees, keep going. Well, her horse was the victim of, she and her horse, of us disturbing the bees. And so, of course, the thing is, you have to keep moving away from them. And if you start smacking or hitting them, it makes everything a hundred times worse. Do not hit the bees. You just got to let them sting you. You have to try to get away from Get them. away from Run them. Run from the bees. Well, and, and Beth got off her horse because the horse was getting stung and she was trying to swat them away a little bit. And Wendy's like, keep moving, keep moving. And there were some stings, but nobody was severely injured or anything. But it gave you a, a little reminder of bitey, sticky, stingy things. Gotcha. So mm -hmm. it is is hardcore here in Arizona. <laughs> Not for the weak-hearted, but really, really beautiful. The scenery is worth it then, is what you're saying. The scenery is worth it. Okay. Well, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to have to take your word for it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you out there on a good horse with a lot of water, at least a bottle of water an hour for you. Gotcha. Well, I appreciate your guys' uh, sharing your experiences and giving us some tips on how to ride safely in a desert environment. So that has been this episode of Extension Horses Tech Talks Talk, where stories with the Thank you, Dr. Ivy.